0: I'm Kayla Wren, your host of Discovering the Balance. Today is Sunday, June 20th, 2021, and this is episode 10. I am recording from, of course, inside Diesel Dolly the Truck, and today I am in West Yellowstone, Montana. We arrived here on Thursday and are fortunate enough to be here until Tuesday, so we've had lots of time to explore. So in this episode, I'm picking back up with our our RV story. Really hard to say. Um, and we are in October of 2020. So this makes our third month of living on the road. And we were continuing our adventure through the Southeast. It is filled with family yet again. And we finally make it to Tennessee. (laughs) We picked up our rig and quite literally drove it off the lot or pulled it off the lot and went straight to Alabama So this would be our first month to actually uh, camp in Tennessee and earn our sticker for the rig. So in this episode, I will cover a few different segments um, about trip stories. Uh, We had our first mishap with the rig when we arrived in Tennessee. Um, They all say it's inevitable and well, it happened. So I'll share how and what happened to our rig. And then I'll also give a, you know, brief update on our trip and what is next this week. At the end of our second month of living on the road, which was September of 2020, we arrived at Twin Lakes Campground, which is a Corps of Engineering campground in Clemson, South Carolina. So if you know Jeff Wachelski, you know he loves Clemson. So we were excited to be there for a few different reasons. First being, we had 10 days there. And by this point, we had figured out that we really loved being somewhere between one week to two weeks. It just gives us plenty of time to really get to know the area. And this was an area we really wanted to get to know better. And then the second reason was we had family coming in for a long weekend of camping. So we had reserved two sites right next to each other and we had our uncle Gary and aunt Katrina come in and then our aunt Nicole and uncle Dean and then cousins Addison and Cole. So Riley was super excited to be able to play with his cousins and just have some kids around. (laughs) Poor guy is around adults most of the time and it's definitely a drawback for Riley so he was really excited we were all really excited and it was such a great time I don't know how much wood we probably went through that weekend we had so many campfires we roasted marshmallows we had steamboats we chased waterfalls it was just a really really great time and we look forward to doing it again next year because we actually Um, Plan to go to the same campground as we wiggle our way down the southeast next fall So really excited to be able to go back to the same area Um, When family left we really got to explore Clemson a little bit more. We loved going to the campus It's such a beautiful campus very walkable and then their cute little downtown where you can find restaurants and souvenir shops and ice cream, all the good things is right there as well. And then if you're ever in the area, you have to go to the botanical gardens. Absolutely beautiful. I wish we could have gone there like every single day. I could get lost in it and just explore something new. So if you're ever in the area, definitely check that out. So from here, we actually squeezed in a long weekend in Asheville, North Carolina. When we were originally trip planning, Asheville was definitely on our list of places we wanted to go, but you know, just like everything else, it was already booked. So we had just kind of passed on that and we were headed to Tennessee to stay not at a Corps of Engineering campground, but it was at a dam. So that's where we were going to be headed but it was about a week or so before we were headed that direction that Jeff thought like you know what maybe places have had some cancellations and so he gave a few different campgrounds a call and sure enough found us someplace. So we were really excited. Asheville has mountains, it has waterfalls, it has hikes, it has donuts. I mean, honestly, it checks all of the boxes for us. So we were super excited to be able to go there and we did some incredible hiking. It was, ah, it was just what we needed. The fall colors were just really, really showing off all of their beauty. It, It was incredible. So from there, we head into Tennessee, which we were really excited to finally make it into Tennessee. So tune into the next segment where I share about our surprise when arriving and then our unfortunate mishap. The date is October 13th, 2020, and we are leaving Asheville, North Carolina, and headed to Crossville, Tennessee. So I went to college at Tennessee Tech University, which is in Cookville, which is not far from Crossville at all. But never did I go to Crossville. (laughs) I was either going to Knoxville, um, which is to the east, or I was going back home to Nashville, which was to the west. So how did we land in Crossville, Tennessee? Well, I mentioned in earlier episodes that when we started out on this adventure, um, we really had high hopes of where we were going to go. I remember us talking about doing Shenandoah National Park and just chasing those fall colors all the way back to Tennessee where we wanted to be um, in that area around Halloween and Thanksgiving before we dip down south and stay warm for winter. So we arrived to Crossville, Tennessee, and we're pretty excited, honestly. I mean, we had been moving around... Um, for a couple of months and the idea of staying in one place for an entire month sounded really nice. Plus we purchased our rig from Cedar City of Lebanon and we actually didn't have the sticker of Tennessee on our rig yet because we had never slept in the rig in Tennessee, So it was really exciting for our home state to finally make its way onto our sticker map on the rig, but we arrived and had lots of surprises and we learned a very tough lesson. So let's start with the surprise. So at this point, it has been about, I guess, like six or seven weeks since we departed our Grams and Pops. And they had continued camping, and at this point, they were at their favorite spot, which is Defeated Creek, which is right outside of Carthage, Um, so along the same interstate. So we arrive at Spring Lake RV and I go in the little house to check in and I check in and pay for our entire month, which I think it was like 500 something. So super, super cheap. Um, with it being a monthly, which is, this is pretty common in the RV, you know, world. Um, we did have to pay our electric when we were done. Whereas like typically if we're paying you know, like where we are right now in Yellowstone, we're paying like 60 something a night. That includes our water, our sewer and our electric. So we don't have to pay any of that extra. It's all inclusive. But a lot of times when you stay at places for a month or longer, then you will pay your own electric. But after an entire month there, I think our electric was like $20. It was, we, we really didn't know what to expect. It was our first time. Um, but yeah, it was like $20. So it was really, really cheap. So we get all checked in there and go through that entire process. And I am beginning to walk outside and in, in walks my mom. And I was like, what, what are you doing? She's like, we were supposed to beat you. I was like, in the world so it should not have been as surprised as I was or any of us were but I was like of course they followed us so they were checking out from Defeated Creek and had told us that they were headed home but they were surprised us and they arrived the same day we did in Crossville Tennessee and they camped there until I think Friday I think it was a Monday we arrived and they left on Friday. So it was a super cool surprise. So I go back outside and I go to the truck and the boys are just like super excited and Riley goes, "You won't believe it. I was looking out the window and and I said, "That looks like Grams and Pops." And Daddy goes, "That's because that is Grams and Pops." <laughs> So it was a super fun way to enter back home to Tennessee and be closer to all the family and friends that we just love so, so much. So we get to our campsite and it is a type of campground that is, I mean, it did have a nice setting. Like There was a pond in the middle and it it really was a nice campground, but it's not out in the middle of the woods. Like you're not getting that um, feel for nature that you would at a campground that's like at a state park or a Corps of Engineer Park, something, or even a county park. Um, Cumberland State Park was really close to us. And we actually went and walked in that campground a time or two because we just missed. We missed that setting of camping because that's where you see people who are really out there with their families and they're having campfires. And it just gives you all those good feels. And this campground was definitely missing that because you're very close to one another. Um, The pads were nice. Everything was nice. It's just it's a different style of camping. Um, and so we get there and we get parked and I want to explain, um, a little bit more detail about like what the setting up process looks like, um, and how we had a really bad malfunction. So we get to our site and as normal, you know, the first objective is to get parked. (laughs) So typically we will pull up and Jeff will like pull past the site to kind of start getting himself set up to get into the site. And then we'll put it in a park and hop out and both kind of evaluate the campsite. And then also discuss like where we think the rig needs to be and what, 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 what the goal is, you know? Um, and so then Jeff gets back in the truck and we typically talk at this point, we were not using earbuds and we still half the time don't even do that. Um, we're not using my signals of whipping or nay-naying. Those still have not caught on at this time, nor today, but... We're getting parked. So that's the first objective. Get parked, get straight, and get to the point where you feel like your slides can go out. And uh, as we learned, also your sewer tote, which in this case, we had full hookup, so we didn't need to worry about that. So once we actually get parked, the second thing is to get the level out. So we get the level out and we put it on the um, back bumper of the RV to see how level we are side to side because we do have an automatic button that will level us front to back. Um, We do still have to use the level to figure out where that is, but we don't have to manually level ourselves front to back. But we do side to side. And it's kind of, it's a science. And sometimes, I don't know what it is, maybe it's the day, I, I have no idea. But sometimes the science that I have learned, and especially was learning at this point, It just doesn't work and it really gets frustrating because this is what happens. We put the level on the back of the rig and we figure out which side needs to go up. In an ideal world, it's level. (laughs) That happens, I would say, 10% of the time maybe? Yeah, 10% of the time. It's not a lot. Even when it's like a concrete pad, it's still not level. So from that point, we have leveling blocks and we have really only one size. Um, We have ones that are supposed to like Fit on top of it, but they really don't. I call them like halves, even though they're not halves, they're probably like quarters. Um, so there's not a ton to work with. Um, and then it's about moving the rig back and forth, um, within just a few feet. So like I put the levels right underneath the tires, either in front or behind, depending on if we want to push back a little bit or if we want to push forward. And then we, once we do that and it's a science, I mean, obviously like the tire needs to be centered on top of the blocks. So, you know, lots of communication there (laughs) from afar with, you know, getting him on those blocks. And then we go back to the bumper and we check to see if it's level or not. Right. Well, sometimes it just isn't going to be perfect. Like you're either going to be to one side or the other. And then this is where two, the two slides being on the driver's side come into play. Um, Some people, a lot of rigs do, do only have slides on one side. My parents, for example, are, have a camper that has slides on both sides. So that really does make you quite wider. Um, But for us with having two slides that are going to come out that have not yet come out that hold a lot of weight on that driver's side, it's, that's part of the science of figuring out like, okay, well, once we have the slides out, what is it going to do? Well, on this day, we were full of now a new excitement of like, oh my goodness, we're camping with grams and pops again. And then also a realization that like, we are here for an entire month. Like we want to get this right. Like it's one thing to get inside the rig after we've unhitched and hooked up and all of the slides are out and we realize like we're kind of off, off level. Um, and we're like, well, we leave on Monday. Like it is what it is. It's a whole other thing when you're going to be there the entire month. So we get the level out and it's just not one of these that's going to be easy. So the next thing is, is to go and actually completely put the two slides out. So we're completely hooked up to the, to the truck still. Um, so things move a little bit slower than they do if we actually are already, are already hooked up to power. So we put the two slides out and we see where we are level wise you know side to side in our main living space and then where Riley is. and it was not level. Like I think maybe the middle was level but the back was really unlevel. like it was not going to work for an entire month. So then we closed the slides back up. And so like even just opening and closing slides, you have to check them each and every single time to make sure that nothing came um, like dislodged and could possibly be stuck in a track. So it's just a very step-by-step process that you need to take slowly each and every time. So we bring the slides back in and we roll off of those, roll, uh, put the stairs back in, shut the door, all, all the things have to be done. And then we roll off of those blocks and we roll onto another combination of blocks to see if that works. So we get the level back out, we put it on the bumper, we, te- we can tell that, again, we've got to put the, d- the slides out to be able to tell, we bring the stairs down, <laughs> we get inside the rig, we open the slides, we check the slides, we're still not level. And at this point, it's just, it's just really frustrating. Like, it's just not, <sighs> you know, <laughs> Riley's in the truck still, we want to eat lunch, like, All of those things start to pile up and your level of frustration and your patience really starts to grow thin and this is when you start to forget things. So we bring the slides back in, we close up the stairs, we go back outside, roll off the blocks again, roll on to another combination of blocks and we go back inside. We put Riley's slide out, I go to check the slide, I come back, I go to open the second slide, which is the main living space. And because I had already opened Riley's and I had been so diligent, you know, to go and open his door and check his two slides to make sure that they were good, but I forgot to close his door. So his slide number two opened and it got caught on the, on Riley's bedroom door. It quite literally like brought two walls and tore them apart. (laughs) Like they leveraged together and we heard a crack. And that was that was our cabinets coming against coming away from the wall that they were attached to. So yeah, I mean you hear any type of crack or anything, like you stop immediately. And we looked and we immediately knew what it was. Like we looked at the door and we were like, the door is wide open. Like it got caught on the slide. And so that was our first, um, damage to the rig that definitely not covered under that handy one year warranty, because this was our own fault and our own doing. And it is a product of what happens when you get frustrated and you lose your patience and you forget the small steps that save you big bucks. <laughs> so we have, you know, secured it the best that we can. Jeff, if you know him, he can fix almost anything. Um, but we still know that it happened, and it was just such a disappointing moment of just like, really, no. But that's what they tell you, like in any beginners RV video that you can watch. I, I am. Sh- I almost can assure you that they're going to say that like things happen, like you are going to break things and there have been more things to break in our rig and we have much easier time dealing with those things now because we realize that it truly is just a part of the RV lifestyle. I mean, you're toting your life on four wheels all across the United States. So, and it's shaking inside. It's just natural. Like the things are going to happen. Um, but you have to take the small steps and slow down to make sure that you don't have huge disasters. So that is our arrival for our one month stay. I will share in the next segment a little bit more about how we felt about staying in one place for one month. real quickly, I wanted to let you guys know what we thought about staying at a place for a month. Um, We stayed in Tennessee, so it's a little unfair to say because obviously pretty familiar with the area and there was a lot drawing us to middle Tennessee which is one of the reasons we wanted to be there and this year we plan to be in the middle Tennessee area for the entire month of October we don't even plan to be in the rig Um, I think that was kind of a lesson learned last year was that there are so many family and friends that we want to spend time with And being in Crossville, it was great because we were close. But we ended up being in the Middle Tennessee area on quite a few different occasions. Um, We had to carve pumpkins with family. There was Halloween. We actually closed on our house, which I might share more about that next week because it's kind of a crazy, cool story. Um, Definitely a way that God... Um, works in mysterious ways. So there were many things that kept drawing us back to that area. So I do feel like we spent a lot of time going back and forth. But overall being somewhere for a month, I don't know. it would hard, it would be hard to imagine being somewhere for more than a month, I would definitely say, unless we were doing like a hosting position. Now, if we find some like hosting spot in one of our favorite places, That would be an incredible incredible way to like hunker down and stay in one area for a while. But overall, I don't think we would ever really stay anywhere for more than one month. But there is definitely a price break. So if you're full timing and you're needing to kill some time, especially during the winter months, I mean, that's where it's at. (laughs) You definitely get a price break. I mean, you usually get a price break at a week. It's often just like one day free, Um, but you definitely get a price break if you stay somewhere for a month. So that's my overall take on it. Um, It was a really, really great, beautiful month and we had family be able to come up and visit us. My brother came up and we went to a shooting range that was like right down the road. Um, We explored so many different things in that um, area of Tennessee, and it is truly, truly a beautiful, beautiful area. So, that is um, my take on our one month stay. This week has been so full. When I think back to recording last week and being in Pinedale, Wyoming. I'm like, wait, what? That was just a week ago. So last Monday, we spent the entire day doing the Grand Tetons and it was a long day. Then Tuesday, we traveled to Idaho Falls and we actually bypassed Craters of the Moon. (laughs) Um, I know some people are going to be like, what? Why would you not go do something that's really cool? Not so far away. Um, It was about an hour and a half away, and on Monday, we were in the car for about 12 hours. Of course, we were getting out and doing hikes and exploring different things in the Grand Tetons, but again, we were about an hour plus away, plus we had to drop off and pick up Annie each time. So it was just a really, really long day. Tuesday was a travel day, Thursday was going to be a travel day, and we were coming to Yellowstone. So obviously, we needed to reserve our energy for Yellowstone. So Wednesday became a life day. There was a Fred Myers that was super close, which that's a Kroger, if you didn't know that, which for us on the road, super exciting to be able to get products that you are familiar with. So we did Fred Myers, we did laundry, we did life, um, and just kind of had a day where we let the body catch up. There was a pool at the campground, so the boys went and did that. It was just a day where we did life. So then on Thursday, we traveled and arrived to Yellowstone, and we wanted to get a taste of Yellowstone immediately. So we traveled early and arrived, I think, before 1230, which was incredible. And that evening, we went into the park and did some explorations. So it was great to start off and already be able to check something off. If you have been to Yellowstone before, um, you know that it's huge. If you have not been to Yellowstone before, it is. It is gigantic. <laughs> it, is, it is just so huge. I was here when I was 6 years old, so I don't remember anything. At that time, everything to me was how many more Lassie shows, like that's how I calculated time. How many more Lassie shows? And then I was okay, like I could mentally get my head around like how much longer we were going to be in the car. So, being here at age 34 and spending now the last 4 days in the park, It is a absolutely beautiful park. It is great to see wildlife. We have probably seen the most wildlife in this park compared to any other park. But I might have sticks and stones thrown at me for this. But like it's not my favorite. (laughs) It is not my favorite by any means because of how much time you have to spend in the car. I think back to Zion National Park and how I think the stretch... Where the shuttle takes you, I think, is a total of eight miles one direction. And so, like, that is so much more doable and manageable than what Yellowstone National Park is. It is just massive. It's a big figure eight, but right now one of the roads is closed, so you can't even do the figure eight. But everything is very spread out. So it's awesome, awesome different things in nature to be able to see. You know, you have the geysers, you have springs, you have waterfalls. I mean, you you have a lot of different stuff to see, but they are all very, very far apart. So it's just been a lot of time in the car. The neighbors here at the RV place, they left today, but they had every single day left at 6 a.m. And then they'd get home around 2 p.m. And they were going up into Lamar Valley um, and then also hitting whatever they wanted to hit. On the way or on the way back, which is nice because there's nobody really around that early, but more power to them. We actually got up at I think four four forty five this morning, and we were out the door at five fifteen, and we went into the Hayden Valley and then wiggled our way around to Old Faithful, and we did. We kept count. I don't even think I can um, say it all right now. I think we had twenty nine bison one bear seven elk one being a bull elk Um, I think Riley said 308 ducks Um, I mean we did see a lot of animals for sure Um, so that is very cool but it's just an insane amount of time in the car and if you know me you know that I don't really love to be in the car. I know that we travel around the country full-time, but we don't usually travel more than 200 miles in a day. So we've been putting in close to that every single day. So this week we are headed to Cody, Wyoming, which super, super excited Didn't think I'd be this excited about Cody, Wyoming, and I don't really know much about the place. However, I do know that my husband has been dying to go to a rodeo, and there have been a few different places where we've arrived, and the town there locally, the rodeo had just left. So, I think it was last week that I was just Googling, like, rodeos out west, because I'm like, okay, we're about to move east, and we're leaving the wild west. Like, I really we need to find a rodeo. And so I looked up rodeos and like the areas that we were going and wouldn't you have it that Cody is the world capital of rodeos. And it is the only rodeo in the world that has a nightly show all summer long. So we're so excited. I mean, we're going to see a real deal rodeo. And if you listened to last week's episode, then you know that we already have cowboy hats. So we are pretty prepared um, and super excited to explore this. And I checked it out. Cody is a very walkable town. The rodeo, I think, is about a mile from our campground. And then there's some like Wild West um, Museum to check out as well. And that's less than a mile from the campground as well. So we are leaving Yellowstone on Tuesday and going to a town where we quite literally can walk everywhere. So it will definitely be a nice change of pace. So that's where we're headed next. And I can't wait to share with you next week an update. Okay, that about wraps up episode 10. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, it is so fun getting on here and updating you guys on our trip and telling stories of our adventures. So next week will be a smorgasbord episode. My super special guest, Riley, will be back with his segment called Riley Talks About That. And I'm also going to share a little bit more about how we, in October, started to really figure out our own groove. You know, there's a lot to be done um, living on the road. All of the normal things. Cooking, cleaning, schooling, trip planning, all the things. So I'm going to share a little bit more about how we started to figure out our own groove as we continue figuring out this new lifestyle of living on the road. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week and don't forget to go out and be a good neighbor this week.